Hey everyone, you stumbled across Coffee and Crystals. I'm Katie Cronister, your motivator and host. And on this spiritual podcast, I will share knowledge that I've gained through a highly caffeinated life, as well as my journey here on this earth as a yogi. While we'll be exploring my love for all things crystals and wellness, I'll also be introducing you to some of my good friends, mentors, gurus, family members, and other key influencers who have really touched my life. In every episode, I invite you into my heart, and I really look forward to this adventure we're about to go on together. So, pour yourself a cup of coffee, stay hydrated, and let's dig into today's episode. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast. Today's podcast episode's crystal is the Moonstone. So the Moonstone calls upon feminine healing and is also the stone of new beginnings. I picked this crystal for today's episode of Begin Where You Are because it also correlates with March, which is women's Power Month, which holds International Women's Day. So I thought that this moonstone was a great time to set an intention of the divine feminine through this month and also just teach you a little bit about how this stone helps balance both male and female energies. This stone helps emotionally soothe instability and stress, and it can help stabilize your emotion, which ultimately will give you emotional intelligence. Physically, this moonstone has a powerful effect on the female reproductive cycle and also helps with menstrual tension. And traditionally, it was an elixir used for insomnia. So this stone can really help um, prevent sleepwalking. It also initiates lucid dreams, which is something I talked about in last month's episode. And the source of this stone, you know, really comes from India, Sri Lanka, Australia, and mostly the colors that you can find a moonstone in is white, cream, which I'm totally into both white and cream right now, yellow, blue, and green. So with this stone, I, you know, really set the intention for today's episode. And I really want to help myself um, just balance out some hormones and balance out, you know, my masculine energy. So holding on to this crystal as I speak about this next episode is really helping me, you know, practice what I preach. So I hope you enjoy today's episode and remember, stay hydrated. Begin where you are. This is a phrase that I am constantly coming back to, to get back on track. Spring will be sprung this March 20th. It is a Sunday, and I am sure that I'm not the only one cleaning out my closet. And I don't just mean literally cleaning out my closet because I am, and it feels wonderful to purge and reorganize heading into spring. But I also mean just reorganizing my life and setting forth on the action plan from the manifestation and goals that I set in the winter months. So I am sure that there's a ton of you that are getting your ducks in a row and really looking for a starting point. Also, similar to me, you know, I have started over so many times. I feel like it can be frustrating when I feel like I'm starting over. But that's why I wanted to talk about 
the first sutra. And if you don't know what the yoga sutras are, it is India's sacred text. It is something that I learned about in my first 200 hours of yoga school. There was a section each day called pool school, where we talked about each sutra in detail. This is where I really started, you know, learning about the importance of contemplation and, you know, answering hard questions, having spiritual conversations with others, picking apart, you know, the learnings of this teachings was is a big part about being a yoga. So Sutra One is really about, you know, the the start of your yoga practice. So this really means, you know, the thinking about the preliminary steps that led you to this practice, which for me, it was the early days of church and praying and stillness and quiet times where I would find myself in, you know, little nooks and crannies that I made around the house where I would get really still. And this is where I had my quiet time where I journaled and read and talked to God. So this sutra also is talking about um, an experience. It's not really all about what you read and what you write. Beginning where you are and starting your practice of yoga is really just in getting your conscious mind ready to experience your body, ready to learn about your emotions and your mental space and really start practicing a spiritual practice as a human divine being. So yoga allows one to progress where you are and the challenges and all the different things that you come across after you begin is really where you start to experience superior spiritual levels. So the reason I wanted to talk about beginning where you are is because I'm absolutely starting back over in a physical way in my practice. I really fell off. I mean, yoga is definitely still, I can confidence, confidently say about a part of every day of my life, but the physical asana has really kind of gone off the deep end in the last couple of weeks. I've been getting into berries and been doing a lot of cardio and weights and really kind of skipping the actual yoga practice. So this past couple of weeks, I really got back into a studio and practicing with the community, which is really holding me accountable to my yoga practice. And it really inspired me to talk today about beginning where you are and how to do so in a more detailed level. So the first step is to really dive into the details and really start to write down where you came from, who was around you, what, what you loved as a little kid, things that you gravitated to are really important when you're, you know, starting over and grounding yourself in a new idea or a new practice. You want to remember what it is that you want to be known for and what it is that where you came from, what your roots were, to root, to rise. So I think for me, I was really thinking back about the time spent reading. I think since my grandmother was so poor raising us girls, which I've talked about in some of my other 
episode, she took us on in her mid-60s, so she was already at retirement, although she had some other jobs, and that was part of my roots. I think a lot of my time was spent trying to keep myself busy, and if I came to my grandmother and I said I was bored, she would tell me to go pick a flower in the yard and pick up the encyclopedias that were in her bedroom and learn about it. And honestly, I did. So I think that this set a real foundation of who I am today, of why I am educating you all on crystals before my episodes. So a lot of time that I spent was reading books and reading about people that inspired me really just came out of boredom. So that is something that hopefully resonates with you right now. What do you do at times when you're bored that might be taking away your power? I know I'm guilty. Sometimes when I'm bored, I really binge too hard on Netflix or scrolling through social media. Or another thing that I've been doing is buying these like little chocolates and freezing them in Trader Joe's. And I feel like when I'm bored and not paying attention, I'm eating too many of them. (sighs) So, you know, eating and Maybe it's drugs or alcohol. I know that when I'm bored, sometimes it's, or if my friendship circle is bored, what do we gravitate gravitate towards? Drinking or, you know, doing something that is really kind of hindering us from our higher power. So think about all those minutes and days and nights or, you know, mid-afternoons where you are bored and you're filling your time with things that aren't actually filling your cup. And try to begin where you are and start to slowly replace better habits or habits that are going to help you with your next goal. For me, anytime, you know, I started to set boundaries for myself on you know, when I would be on social media, because social media is a big piece of what I do. And I'm on it a lot. But I had to really kind of train my brain as to when I was going to be on social media. Another thing that has been really helpful for me is I think sometimes I and I just pick watching TV or reading a book because it seems easier. But then I just started surrounding myself with books like I did with as a little kid, I used to sit and bring them to dinner with me. I would sit down at the dining room table and I would have my stack of books next to me. So do what it, what you got to do to get your nose in the book. But I think, you know, I'm sure a lot of you can resonate with me. How many books do you have on your bookshelf that you're literally not touching and they're two feet away? So it needs to be a part of your routine and beginning where you are means starting slow at times. So maybe it's just you know, honoring yourself that time in the morning or the evening to read one page. I think if I have a long to-do list, I kind of get anxiety about that to-do list if it's too long. So it just kind of stops me from doing it at all. So I've really had to kind of coach myself and be nice to myself and remind myself Even if I'm crossing off one thing at a time, if I'm reading one sentence at a time, that is progress. So stop being so hard on yourself. You know, beginning where you are is really understanding where you came from and giving yourself grace to get there, you know, as slowly as as you can, as long as you're getting there. I always kind of picture the turtles that I always see when I'm in Maui and they're just you know, slowly guiding in their fins and then they, you know, 
to swim so hard out into the ocean and then the wave just brings them right back and they're constantly starting over, that's okay if you are that Maui turtle. I think the ultimate spiritual practice of beginning where you are and, you know, beginning yoga is to remember that it is the journey. The destination is the divine, but it's that in between that bread and butter that really creates your spirit and it creates you and it creates your capability to and credibility to share what you've learned along the way with others, just like me on this podcast. I spent a lot of time with my great grandmother, Granny, of my younger years. And, you know, really until I moved out or, you know, you'll hear later in more episodes, got kicked out of her house when I was in high school. But regardless, that is still 16 years of a lot of time spent with my great grandmother. So beginning where I am and knowing that I have a lot on my plate, another grounding practice is just spending time being grateful and honoring my grandmother. She is definitely one of my gurus, which I also spoke about in an episode on my podcast. It's called Guru Tears. I also interviewed my yoga teacher, Marianne, so you can hear a little bit more about my grandmother and also Marianne. Um, as just spiritual women that I look up to in my life. And I also come back to, to remember them when I feel like I fell off. So a little bit about granny and who raised me is she had large feet, which is kind of a random thing to start off with, but I think she wore a women's size 10. So she wore a lot of loafers and she had these Reebok sneakers. And I remember just loving her feet. Maybe it was because, you know, she took us on when I was two, so I would be crawling around. And I remember her beautiful antique rocking chair that was in her bedroom. And I would just lay over her feet, kiss her feet. And it's a funny thing, it's actually something that in other countries people do to honor their spiritual leaders. And that is just something that I did with my granny. Granny was from Arkansas. She loved Bill Clinton. She wasn't, I don't remember her being very political, but every holiday, you know, if it was a Memorial Day or Fourth of July, she always had me or my sister or my cousin that we grew up with help her bring out the flag. She had this big flagpole that we would always wave. So we were kind of patriotic. She was always you know, voting in the election, she would bring us along with her as little girls. And I remember, I don't know if they still do this, but at the polls, they would have like a fake election poll where the kids would vote for their president, if it was going to be George Washington or Lincoln. But she, you know, was very, you know, she would be considered liberal. But I don't remember her being, you know, someone that like talked about politics a lot, but she always had the news on. We got the paper and the newspaper every day. And she was always kind of up to date on what was going on in the world. And she was always bragging about, you know, being from the same town where Bill Clinton went to high school. So she would kind of name drop leaders, which kind of kept my ears open and probably influenced the way I think now. 
And, you know, she, she was always reading as well. She loved love novels, which is probably the William Shakespeare in me today. I'm such a lover or, you know, hopeless romantic. She also loved Nancy Drew and crime. Her favorite shows were Matlock and that really inspired, you know, a lot of games around the house with my cousin and my sister of, you know, creating Matlock scenarios. She loved the Golden Girls of course and she you know her style was very similar to what you saw in that show with the golden girls you know she southern florida so she would wear pastels and bright blouses she's very casual dresser um also we were poor so probably a lot of her clothing was just kept and vintage from her past years and she also like you know she would let us laugh over shows like fresh prince of bel-air with our cousin and I remember her favorite movies were Birdcage, which love that she loved Birdcage. We would watch it all the time laughing. She loved Sweet Tomatoes. I remember one of the one of the movies that, you know, first kind of scared me or made me feel like, should I be watching this? But my grandmother was pretty strict. So if she let us watch it, I guess it would be okay, was A Time to Kill. Um, and she really introduced us to diversity. I remember one of my first best friends in elementary school was Shamir Spry and Shamir was half black half white and I think there was a lot of rumors at school you know about her dad being a murderer and I know Shamir was really poor and I was poor growing up but we had a little bit more family support from my aunt and some uncles that was supporting granny and giving us hand-me-downs and we were very involved with the church so abundance was definitely flowing our way so Shamir was actually more poor than me and all my friends and our elementary school is very affluent so it was noticeable if you didn't have money and so it was also noticeable to me if someone had less money than me and Shamir was really really creative and I just feel like out of all my friendships growing up, it always felt like Shamir was her favorite friend of mine. I wonder where this girl is up to now, but I would, I just remember her, you know, picking up Shamir and, you know, taking pictures of us and we would paint and we would go to pottery class together. I think she really liked that Shamir brought this like artistic vibe out in me at a young age. Granny had friends, you know, her close friends and close family members called her Betty, very golden girls of her, and her best friends were Ruth and Hazel, and they would just spend hours, you know, gossiping, and I think this was like the first gift of like really learning about the value of good girlfriends in your life. I think in honor of Women's Month, I'm really just reaching out to the different lady friends of my life and empowering them and sending them love and just making sure that I'm showing up in the world, respecting and loving other women. And I think that my grandmother started that, you know, she had, she always had the gals and we learned how to crochet and we talked about, you know, funny things. And I would just remember overhearing their conversations and they would speak for hours on the telephone. So it kind of reminds me of, you know, when you, if you listen to Oprah's podcast, how she always just talks about her and her Gail. Granny definitely had her Hazel and her Ruth. Another point that I wanted to make in beginning where you are is just to touch back on how it is so normal to fall off. 
I have felt like a beginner in my yoga practice for basically eight years now, which is when I started yoga. So I think, you know, the younger yogi in me would get pretty upset by that. You know, like if somebody asked me right now if I could walk on my hands or what tricks I could do, I don't really have any. I've been out of practice. I'm super stiff. It's not really, you know, my body right now in this current state of, you know, what I've been doing and how I've been living my life is not where you would think a yogi who's been practicing for eight years would be. Although there has been many times in my life where, you know, my body has flexed and I have had different movements and power in my body giving me, you know, different flexibility to reach different asanas. But I think the important piece that I'm really wanted to talk about today is being okay with being the beginner. I think even in the workplace, when you kind of just notice other people's ego, it really starts to let you check your own. I feel like, you know, it's so common for everyone to have the last word or to sound the smartest or to flex their experience or talk about, you know, what's worked for them in more of like a fear-based manner. But when you start to really just listen and, you know, stop having to be the one who's kind of done it all, the jack of all trades, if you will, and be okay with not being in the driver's seat. You know, I think a big piece of yoga is navigating and learning and asking questions, observing. So when you're in this beginning state, it's, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. So I think for me, getting back into the gym, which... I've been pretty good at, but I think more consistently, you know, where I want to be, you know, I want to really, you know, really challenge my body, I guess was the word I'm trying to use in the next couple months. And it's not really for the summer body. It's more because when I feel physically strong, I am more mentally and emotionally strong. So in the last couple weeks, I've really set discipline to my workout schedule and I think something that worked for me is it, in the past, it'd be so easy for me to just like turn off my alarm, not go like I'm low energy or I'm really sore for my other workouts. So I would just kind of skip it. But now I kind of just get myself in this mindset where I'm like, I mean, I don't have to be the best in the class. And honestly, like, no, who cares if someone judges me? Not like anyone is going to judge me if I just don't do a lot of the workout. So I feel like letting go of like the outcome and really kind of just showing up is a big part of putting action to your goals. You don't have to be the best to be doing what it is that you set forth to do. For Women's Day, I've included a $10 coupon code for you to enjoy three of my very favorite self-care products. The first product is a self-proof facial cleanser. The second is a self-proof serum that you put on your face after the facial cleanser. And then lastly, which is my absolute favorite, is the self-proof moisturizer. So the coupon code in the show notes will give you $10 off of the bundle of these three items, and they are all medical grade, all made from all natural ingredients. And ladies and gentlemen, because this is good for the males too, 
it feels so smooth and yummy when it touches your skin. It really is something that you'll do for yourself and every single morning you will thank yourself for this product. So let me know if you have any other questions and check for the coupon code in the show notes. A big part of being true to myself is really remembering where I began when it came to relationships with myself and relationships with others, which what I have learned in yoga is to have a strong relationship with someone else. You absolutely first and foremost need to have a strong relationship with yourself. So I, I'm really coming into my power of my individuality and definitely more so in my spirituality that I'm really enjoying the time that I have single and living in this city and having my own apartment and really not having to worry about, you know, I'm not dating anyone. I'm reading the Jay Shetty book, Live Like a Monk over again. And I'm really trying to kind of tap into this time of not having to share my life with anyone else and really spending time getting to know myself. But the ultimate intention here is to be so in love with myself and be so in tune with who I am that I can have a healthy relationship. So I had to be really honest with myself and in therapy about my relationship with myself. You know, I shared about my younger spiritual practices and growing up in the church and really always kind of believing in God and praying, but I was very sad and, you know, depressed for many years of my life. And I think since there's such a stigma about admitting that, I never really told everyone or even kind of didn't tell myself and pass it off as normal. You know, this depression and stress and anxiety really ripped through my entire 20s and, you know, early 30s as well, which disrupted the relationships I was in. And ultimately it started with the relationship that I had with myself. So focusing on this feminine energy is really helping me focus on, you know, that inner peace and that self-love, you know, using affirmations and writing down nasty thoughts that I've had about myself, like, ugh, your hair, ugh, you know, why, why can't you get it together? You know, when I have thoughts like that, I'm trying to kind of stop and notice them. And if paper and pen are around, I actually have been writing them down. So I kind of can start to decode the whys, what's going on in my life? What am I going through that I would be having feelings like this? So I can really start to begin where I am and make an action plan to healthier thoughts. I have been spending more time in meditation and ensuring that I'm doing affirmations and really moving through my days a little more lighthearted and carefree, knowing that all is well. And Anytime I'm focusing a little bit more on that <clears throat> left side of the body, the feminine side, this is where I've been able to kind of take control of that aggression that has really come from, you know, that masculine side. And the reason that my masculine side has been so built up over my life is I've really kind of always been on my own, you know? Yes, my great grandmother raised me, but 
She was very old and I remember waking up to her coughing and calling the ambulance and you know from a very young age I never knew how long she was gonna be around so I was constantly on high alert and you know learned to take care of myself at a very young age which really kind of grew this masculine energy so Knowing all this about myself and, you know, giving myself the time and the education to understand it all has helped me, you know, with my little toolbox to create time to balance these energies out. So with a month where I have a lot going on and I in a year where I have a lot of goals for myself, I know that I've got to balance out that, you know, go, go, go energy with the, hey, let's get a massage. Let's take a nap. Let's just go on a stroll instead of a hike up the mountain type vibe, which is very much the feminine energy. So I am going to end this episode with really just gratitude to you all and gratitude to the women in my life. You know, my sister Sarah has gone such a long way with her chemo and just picking her life back up and beginning where she is and restarting. And it's been such an inspiration. And then my other sister, Julie, this is also a little shout out to you who is about to have her second child. And I'm about to be welcoming another niece into my life. And I just couldn't be more proud of these women in my life, plus many more like my mother who celebrates her birthday on the 19th of March. And I am lucky enough to be picking her up from the airport two days prior to her birthday so I will get to spend this feminine energy month with one of the most favorite ladies in my life and I just want to thank you all again for tuning in and please share this podcast with others it's you know the only way my podcast is going to touch more hearts and you know be in people's lives is if you help me promote it because this is a self-promoted podcast all right you guys have a great rest of your month and just remember stay hydrated